It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome once again to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for joining us during this hour where we try and understand how God is working in our life, how he might be leading us, and try and help each other out here. We're on that journey together. Well, how many times each day do you end up looking up random questions that pop into your mind, or maybe it comes up in conversation with others, and you pull out your smartphone? You know, smartphones that connect to the Internet, you can quickly find the answer to almost any question or you can learn more about a topic. One of the places I go to more than almost any other when I want to know the answer to a question, it seems to be Wikipedia. It's a great starting place if you want to learn a little about almost any topic. Uh, As a for instance, I was watching the old 1959 movie Ben-Hur the other day. That's the one starring Charlton Heston. And I was about halfway through the film, and I pulled out my phone and I started to look up information about the cast, the actors, other details about the movie itself. And you know how on Wikipedia there are all kinds of links within the body of the article that point to other entries, other pages, with information on those other topics, whatever the links might take you to. So I started by going to the page on Ben-Hur. Then I went to Charlton Heston's name. I went to that page. I discovered that he had been in the Ten Commandments. That was only three years prior to Ben-Hur. I looked up a few other actors there on the Ben-Hur page, but one of the actors, George Ralph, he played Tiberius Caesar. There was a link to that, so I went on the, the page for Tiberius Caesar who was the successor of Caesar Augustus. So I ended up going to that page. Augustus, he was the successor of Julius Caesar. I ended up opening that page. Augustus Caesar, he had teamed up with Mark Antony to fight and defeat those who had assassinated Julius Caesar. So now (laughs) the entry on Mark Antony, it was open on another tab. The movie was paused at this point, by the way, since I was reading so many different things online. Julius Caesar, though, that led me to pages uh, on the the two most well-known of his many assassins, Brutus and Longinus. But also on that page for Julius Caesar, there was a note about how, among certain other social and governmental reforms, he had, with the help of with uh, Greek mathematicians and astronomers, he had created the Julian calendar, named after him, Julius Caesar. Uh, and the Julian calendar was used until the year 1582. I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the year, but I knew that it had been in use before Pope Gregory Thirteenth. He introduced the Gregorian calendar. So yes, then I opened up the page on the Gregorian calendar. That's our current calendar that we use. But I thought we always had a leap year for every four years without fail. That's actually how the Julian calendar worked. But I found out on that page for the Gregorian calendar, it's a little different. Um, The solar year is actually 365.2422 days long. 
the Julian calendar had it at 365.25 days. Now, that might seem very small, that difference between a point two five and a point two four two two. But it, what it really meant was over the course of 1,600 years since the Julian calendar was introduced up until Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, the date had actually drifted about 10 days. So this was corrected when Pope Gregory the Thirteenth introduced that new calendar. They skipped 10 days. One day it was Thursday, October 4th in 1582, and from October 4th, the very next day was advanced to be the corrected date of Friday, October 15th. And now, the leap years, they're not every four years continuously. I don't know if you had that same mistaken notion. The rule for a leap year under the Gregorian calendar is this. Every year that's exactly divisible by four is a leap year, except for the years that are exactly divisible by 100, unless... That year is also exactly divisible by 400. So, for example, the year 1700, the year 1800, the year 1900, there were no leap years in those years, but 2000, we had a leap year. So if you happen to be alive in the year 2100, that will not get that extra day in February. The leap year will happen four years before that, 2096. Then you're going to have to wait eight years until you have another leap year in the year 2104. So I learned a lot by going through all these different pages on Wikipedia, but in reading through all these pages, I never actually got back to watching Ben-Hur. I got too distracted by all these other things that absorbed my attention. And, you know, this kind of thing, that can happen all the time, this kind of getting distracted, forgetting what you were originally doing. And I never would have guessed that looking up information about Ben-Hur would then lead me to finding out about leap years. And while that distraction is harmless, there are times where distractions can be very problematic for us. And when it comes to our faith life, one of the areas where most of us can easily get distracted, it's when we take time to pray. Do you find your mind wandering, kind of like all those tabs open on all those different topics? Do you start thinking about other things, other tasks, other, uh, you know, plans that maybe you have coming up? And then you realize, oh, I got distracted. You have to get yourself back on track. You try and focus again on what you were praying. Well, today we want to take this hour of the inner life to discuss how we can try and overcome some of those distractions that we encounter when we are praying. And joining us as our spiritual director today, I'm very glad to welcome back to the program Father Scott Bailey. Father Scott is a priest in the Archdiocese of Denver. He's the pastor of Risen Christ Catholic Parish there in Denver. Father Scott, welcome back to The Inner Life. Thanks, Josh. Good to be back. Yes, and uh, did you know that <laughs> every hundred years we don't have a, a leap year? That one, was, it, it just still kind of surprised me that I, I'm middle-aged and I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I had never heard that before. <laughs> all right, so we all learned something new here. Well, so distractions and prayer. Um, before we get to into the aspect of distractions that we encounter, maybe we can spend a few moments here at the beginning of the hour just talking about prayer itself, just some basics. You know, what is prayer? What is our goal in praying? What are we accomplishing? Sure, yeah. Uh, prayer would be that uh, heart-to-heart just kind of conversation with the Lord. Um, it's that time set aside where we can 
uh, just go be with him, be in his presence, um, and uh, allow him to see what's in our heart with the hope that we also get to see something of what's in his heart. Um, and that experience of prayer as we as we make that a, a routine, um, as, as we grow in the, the virtue of prayer, then um, we uh, are more and more transformed into... Uh, the, the the Christian we've been called to be, we're more and more transformed into the likeness of Christ. Uh, so as we give him our heart and he gives us his, uh, really I would say we, we start to take on his heart. We start to become more like Christ. So uh, really it's about that, that real encounter. I think sometimes people maybe get too bogged down in kind of the... Um, uh, the things to do in prayer, and they kind of forget to do that heart-to-heart piece of just listening, of being with the Lord, allowing Him to transform us. Sometimes I think we we try to make it too busy, <laughs> but uh, but I, I can understand, especially in a busy life, uh, it, it helps us to focus if we're if we got something to do in prayer. But I really do think we need to work towards that that uh, receptivity in prayer, so that the Lord can transform our hearts. Yeah, well, you know, if if I was to sit down with my wife. Uh, or she was to sit down with me, or you know, you have a good friend, and you have a checklist checklist of things that you want to get through. That okay, these are the things that I want to accomplish here during our time that we're spending together, rather than allowing for just natural enjoyment of that time. It's not that you can't have things that you want to, right. you know, bring up and discuss and accomplish, but right. if that if that is all that you bring to the table, it really <laughs> doesn't foster and develop a relationship. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, and and if we, if it becomes kind of a, um, a a monologue, if it's just I'm doing all the talking in this conversation, that's also not a good date night with your spouse. Um, if if you spend the entire time talking yourself and don't take the time to stop and listen to what's on their mind and what's in their heart, um, so that's just part of the growing and in intimacy is that that mutual exchange. Well, so we've got kind of that as our base understanding of prayer distractions in prayer I, I i would imagine there's probably not a single person that doesn't deal with this to some degree or another um, right. one of the things that and i i didn't know when we scheduled this topic for today's show what the gospel reading was today but i i actually found it very uh timely Today at Mass, the Gospel reading, it's from St. Matthew's Gospel. Jesus is walking on the water. He's out on the sea, and the disciples, they're in a boat. They see Jesus walking. They're worried, is this a ghost? What's going on? And then Peter says, it's the Lord. You know, if if it's you, God, if it's you, Jesus, call out to me. And at first, Peter, when Jesus calls for him to walk out on the water, Peter is okay, but then it says when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and began beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And then it goes on with Jesus saying, why did you doubt? So a lot of times this gets talked about in regards to faith and with doubt. You know, if we have faith, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can do amazing things like walking on water. But I think this speaks very directly to our topic today. You know, if, if we keep focused on Jesus, things will we'll have, we'll have the right um, vision for where we really want to go in life. You know, but if we get distracted by everything else around us, those turbulent waves of whatever life seems to be bringing to us. If we take our eyes off of Christ, we begin to sink into that mess that's all around us. And then our prayer isn't so much about that relationship anymore. It's not that mutual 
you know, a heart to heart that you were talking about, it becomes that same kind of cry of Peter, save me, you know, save me, because I just see that I'm in this mess. Um, you know, so when Jesus calls us to draw closer to him, when he invites us to take that step out of the boat, how do you think we can prepare ourselves so that we don't get distracted by the worries of what we see happening around us, but we can really kind of keep that focus on Christ? Yeah, I mean, you use the word prepare, and I think that that's probably the key thing is is prepare for prayer. I, I, I think if few of us maybe do that well. Um, actually take the time to prepare. We have such a busy, crazy life, right? Like you mentioned, we've got, we've got internet at our fingertips. Anything that comes into our mind, we can look it up right away. And, um, and with social media and just everything just feels fast paced and we're always kind of being bombarded with stuff. Then we sit down for prayer and I'm going to close my eyes and be quiet for a little while and talk with God. Well, my, my mind isn't used to that pace. <laughs> it's used to moving from one thing to the next, worrying about one thing at work to the next yeah. thing. And uh, so it takes a little time, I think, for our mind to transition to this more peaceful reality. God's space, God's time just feels different than um, the busyness of life. And so we need to create that little time of transition from, from one pace into the next. And so I think that uh, having uh, a, a time of preparation for prayer is key. Like, even if that just means that when I sit down for prayer, that the first thing I do is uh, get out of my journal and I just write down, even just in bullet point form, here's the things that are on my mind, just so I can give my brain permission to not think about this for a little while. Because um, at least that's, that's one thing that I do. Um, if I find myself starting my holy hour and um, all I can think about is this conversation I have to have at the office today and these three people that I need to go see at their homes day, then I'm just going to go get a piece of paper, write it all down, and then I can, it kind of gives my mind permission to come back to this stuff later. So I think that that's a piece of it. Um, And I think that we can prepare ourselves for prayer time throughout the day. It doesn't even have to be like a dedicated um, time right now that I stop and think about, but just as I'm walking from one place to the next during the day or um, in those little pauses that I have throughout the day, can I think of something about Scripture? Can I think of something about the Lord? Um, Can I just say a quick prayer uh, to the Lord of Thanksgiving or petition or something like that? I think getting in the habit of keeping our mind on God will help us significantly when we try to sit down and focus on him because we've actually been in the habit all day long of thinking about him and talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, talking with Father Scott Bailey here on The Inner Life today. And want to open the phones for your call if you'd like to join us here, talking about how we can overcome those distractions in prayer and what has helped you in uh, when you've found yourself distracted while you're praying. How have you been able to overcome that, be able to stay focused in prayer? Or maybe this is a struggle for you right now, and you have a question, you'd like some insight, some advice from Father Scott, you can call us at 888-914-914-9888-914-9149. I had a spiritual director years ago who made the same sort of recommendation, especially when going into Eucharistic adoration, where he said, you know, if, if you're going to be there for a half hour to an hour, just take the first couple of minutes, and it wasn't write anything down. It was just let yourself slow down for a minute. You've probably been going, doing all the different things you need to do during the day, and then you're going into this quiet, kind of slowed-down moment that you're going to spend there before Christ in the Eucharist. 
And if you try and jump right into it, you probably are going to have that same sort of frenetic or very active kind of mindset as you're starting in that time of prayer and adoration. But if you can just take a couple minutes and just let yourself just kind of slow down your breathing, slow down your mind, and just prepare yourself, that can really open up to allow for the rest of the time there before the Eucharist to be a more fruitful and, and beautiful encounter with Christ. And I think that's especially important uh, when it comes to attending Mass. Uh, mass has its own rhythm, too. I, I don't even get to choose how the Mass feels in terms of my prayer life, really. I, I'm, I'm showing up, and the Mass is what the Church has been praying for 2,000 years now. And um, whatever, I've got the motions I have to do, sit, stand, kneel, and all that. And uh, there's going to be a, a lot of listening to Scripture and, and listening to the, the preacher unpack the Scriptures for us. And then I'm going to sit through this long, beautiful prayer to the Father that we call the Eucharistic Prayer. And there's just, that's a whole different pace, and it's, it's requiring an attention um, that I'm not used to giving to something maybe wholeheartedly uh, throughout my day. And so I think that that time of preparation, showing up at least early enough to kind of get some of that stuff off of our head, <laughs> uh, sit with the Lord and just share with Him or allow your mind to kind of process through some of the things around your head. That way you don't find yourself you know, halfway through the homily thinking about what you're going to do for lunch and the chores you have to do when you get home today. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, I, I think that's such great advice. Uh, let's look at another example from the life of St. Peter. And this also includes the other apostles. This is the night before Jesus's crucifixion. And they're there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus asks them after the Last Supper, he, he asks them to stay awake, to pray. And he goes further into the Garden and prays. But each time he goes back to them, he finds them, they're asleep or falling asleep. And I think there's so many things that we could take away from this scene in the Gospel. I guess initially, is there anything that stands out to you in seeing how <laughs> the the Apostles can't even stay awake, let alone stay focused and not get distracted um, here in this Gospel? Anything that really just uh, speaks to you? <laughs> well, to, from when I read that, I, it reminds me of my seminary days. Uh, seminary, we always had Holy Hour at 6 a.m., and uh, I'm not much of a morning person, so there were a lot of days <laughs> that, that uh, I'd start my Holy Hour, but as soon as I kind of leaned my head forward a little bit, um, I was out, and I, I would wake up 30 minutes later, and uh, uh, you know, here I've missed all this prayer time. In a way, I, th- I think that, I mean, the Lord has a lot of mercy on us. Excuse me. <clears throat> Lord has a lot of mercy on us in our weakness. Um, sometimes, I mean, life is exhausting sometimes, and um, and we need to do good self-care and make sure that we're getting the sleep that we need to be able to go into prayer. But um, So I think that the Lord has, has some pity on us. But in those moments, I mean, at least in that particular passage, I mean, this is um, a key moment, um, you know, in Jesus' um, leading up to his passion and his life there, um, where he really needed... Uh, the presence of his friends, he needed their prayers in that moment, right. and for them to not be focused on the Lord, uh, it just kind of shows, I mean, whatever, they love the Lord, absolutely, um, but they should have done a better job, perhaps, of, of keeping their attention on him, and I think that whenever it is that we give in to our distractions, I mean, distractions, they happen, right? They happen to us, so that we're never usually um, seeking them out ourselves, but when that moment comes that we've now chosen to engage the distraction, it's because we've decided, at least in that moment, that this was actually more interesting to us 
and keeping our attention on the Lord. And so these disciples are making that, you know, settled, settled decision in their hearts uh, that um, rather than keeping their eyes on the Lord, you know what, this, this, uh, this rock feels kind of comfortable right now, and they, they allowed themselves to kind of drift into that sleep. Um, they probably had really good intentions, but um, when, when you're weak physically already uh, or emotionally, when you're already exhausted, it's hard to, to keep, uh, keep focused. But I think if we can keep reminding ourselves of how important the Lord is to us, then that's going to go a long way in helping us to push through those distractions and those temptations, even to sleep. Yeah. Well, and maybe we can pick up on that uh, after the break here, because, you know, there are some times where we do deprive ourselves purposefully, you know, when we fast. Um, And Mm -hmm. so some of those physical needs that we have, we say, well, our spiritual life is more important than that. But then that also could open up that doorway to those distractions. Oh, man, I'm so hungry. I really could go for a cheeseburger. Uh, but let's talk about that next, Father. Again, Father okay. Scott Bailey is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today. And if you'd like to join us on the program, the phone number is 888-914-9149, Those moments of distraction in prayer, what has helped you to overcome those distractions? distractions, to be able to stay focused when you're praying. Or maybe this is a real struggle for you, and you'd like a little bit of advice on how you might be able to lessen those distractions, how you can kind of enter into that time of prayer in a deeper manner. Uh, You're welcome to call in and talk with Father Scott, 888-914-9149, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be right back. Thanks for uh, being here with us. Uh, More to come right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. And today, joined by Father Scott Bailey. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Denver, Colorado. He's the pastor of Risen Christ Catholic Parish there in Denver. And today, we're talking about those times where we get distracted while we're trying to pray all the thoughts that might be racing in our minds, and how we can kind of uh, overcome those distractions. Uh, will we be able to do it perfectly? Uh, probably not. That That's okay. But there are ways that we can prepare ahead, uh, some different um, uh, planning that we can do to make sure we try and minimize those distractions. How have you been able to do that in your own life? What are some different tactics, uh, some different ways that you've been able to um, overcome distractions, be able to stay focused when you're praying Or maybe it's a real struggle for you and you haven't had success and you'd like to get some advice from Father Scott, you're welcome to call us at 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Father, before we go to the phones, I wanted to pick back up on what we were talking about right before the break. And you mentioned, yeah, that self-care is really important for us. 
you know, we need to know when we're kind of reaching our limits physically, you know, whatever we need for ourselves. But then on the other hand, we do have this wonderful practice of exercising control over our physical needs. You know, we fast from food or from other things, especially during the Lenten season. But, you know, this is something that we practice uh, all throughout the year at different times. Um, you know, it's it's important that we take that time to fast at different points so that we can enter into those deeper experiences of prayer. But then if we deprive ourselves of that physical need, or especially, you know, maybe if, if we're sick, you know, um, uh, you've got some sort of flu bug, you haven't eaten for a couple of days, and it's hard to focus. There can be different things that kind of compromise our physical well-being to a point where it becomes this serious distraction when we try and pray. So uh, I, I guess I'm just kind of interested in, in your insight on the balance of how do you deny yourself some of those physical needs while not letting it become that distraction while you pray. Um, but then also, you know, not overindulging, saying, well, I need this. Well, you know, no, I, I don't need three donuts before I go and pray. You know, if, if I'm really hungry, maybe just one granola bar is enough to suffice just to, so I'm not so, so focused on a grumbling, uh, rumbling stomach kind of, you know, th- situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a, a, a great question. Uh, we do have to have those times where we're denying ourselves and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, when, we, when we're called to deny ourselves, it's for the sake of a deeper encounter with the Lord. So if it's actually distracting us from that deeper encounter with the Lord, then maybe we're, we're not doing it the right way or we're, we're taking it too extreme or something like that. Um, it might be wise just to be, pay attention. Like for myself, uh, if I find myself doing my morning holy hour and I'm getting... I'm getting real sleepy. I'm finding myself starting to kind of <laughs> nod off a little bit. Then I make myself get up, pour myself a quick thing of coffee. I don't drink a lot of coffee. I just down it real quick to give myself just a little of the caffeine that I need, and I and I try to get back to it. Um, and uh, I think if there's times where we start to maybe drift off to sleep, maybe we fall asleep for a full, I don't know, 10 minutes during our 20-minute prayer time, I would say then maybe give yourself the permission, like, okay, it's fine that I slept, but I, I still owe God 10 minutes. Maybe, you know, make a co- mental commitment that I'm going to pray for this amount of time. And uh, no matter what happens, if I fall asleep or if I'm distracted, then I'm just going to add time to my prayer this morning. So um, I, I fell asleep for 10 minutes, fine. Then I'll, I'll make it up to God and I'll pray 10 minutes at another time today. Sometimes, too, I think we maybe just need to get creative with when we do things, um, when, when we do prayer. Um, a, a trick that we were taught in seminary for certain things was uh, the, the stuff that's most difficult for you to do, you should do when you have the most energy. I think sometimes people try to squeeze in prayer at the end of the day while they're already tired and <laughs> starting to get in the bed. Um, that may not be the ideal time for your body to pray. Uh, if you have the most energy after breakfast, then if you can, that's probably the best time for you to, to try to squeeze in that prayer time. So sometimes we have to get creative, and maybe that's especially the case during those times of fasting and penance when uh, our body is going through something different, then we just have to pay attention. Okay, if I need to uh, make myself get up during my prayer time to go eat a granola bar because this rumbling tummy is too distracting, then I'm going to do that. Uh, or maybe I need to move around my prayer time and try out praying at a different time or a different location and see if that makes a difference for my ability to focus. 
talking with Father Scott Bailey here on The Inner Life. And again, our phone number, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to the phones. Fred is calling in, listening in the Chicago area. Fred, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hello, Colorado and rest of the world. I am uh, calling because I heard you, I heard you say, you know, if you uh, start daydreaming or you're thinking about your, uh, laundry list of things to do during mass or, you know, these distractions, they come. And I think it was Catherine of Siena who said that during mass, sometimes she has thoughts of wild horses running free and things, things like this. And I often, um, I have that same experience. So I, I will put myself close to the blessed mother at the foot of the cross and during mass and try to draw myself back into why I came here in the first place. Cause I'm, I'm there to worship God and be a part of Calvary at that moment in time, uh, every day or how often you go to mass. And, um, I just think it's important to, to really focus on, you know, uh, uh, what it is you're doing there. Why did you come there in the first place? So, um, draw into the passion itself if you have to close your eyes, if you have to kneel down when everybody else is standing up and you have to focus like a laser on what you're doing there and break from those, you know, those distractions and take yourself to the cross or take yourself with him, with Jesus carrying the cross or whatever it is. So you're there right with the blessed mother. You're right there with John and you're right there with Jesus at the cross. I mean, these are the things that I'll do like really, um, one thing that pops into my head is St. John Vianney once said, would you slouch at Calvary? And that got me, that that one thing, that got me away from kneeling on the kneeler in front of me. Like, I, I won't, I mean, I'm not kneeling, but putting my hands on the, on the, on the bench right in front of me, I will not touch that anymore. I, I try to be as mm. focused and erect and in place and not slouching during the Eucharistic uh, celebration at all. So that over time has developed into even greater contemplation. So that so much so that I, it's hard for me not to be an hour ahead. Like I have to come to mass an hour before it starts just to get ready for what's going to take place on that altar. So if you start with like little steps by not slouching at Calvary, just little steps like that over time, it will help you so when you are distracted at mass, you can quickly recognize that you're thinking about grocery shopping or whatever it is and start and get yourself back to what you're, why you came there in the first place. So hopefully that helps somebody. Yeah. Thanks Fred. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, I think that, um, that consistent reminder to yourself in the midst of those distractions of, of why you're there. That's huge. I think that's, that's, uh, a part of getting through the distraction in any time of our prayer. If we're remembering, why am I here? Why does this matter so much? That's a little harder to do when we're in a little desolation, when we're feeling like God's kind of far away for whatever reason. Um, but I think that just to intellectually kind of remind ourselves of that. Uh, and then uh, I like the focus on your actual physical position. Sometimes people tell me, I keep falling asleep in my holy hour. Okay, well, tell me about what you do. Well, I, I kind of sit back in my recliner a little bit. Like, well, of course you're falling asleep. You're putting yourself in a position that makes you sleepy um, and so things like yeah uh, choosing to, to kneel and, and, and be uh, intentional about that could be really helpful for a person um, I, I think Ignatius of Loyola wants us to uh, choose a position that we can actually stay in for some time but it probably shouldn't be so comfortable that it uh, you know 
causes us problems. So then we maybe need to choose things that are even more challenging. I think that's part of the wisdom of the church in giving us this constant movement during Mass of sitting, standing, and kneeling. Um, it's it's highlighting for us that the different things that we're doing at Mass require attention in different ways. We stand when the Lord is in the room with the Gospel, and we, we kneel when He's in the room um, as a sacrifice on the altar. And uh, so it's it's helping... But through our bodies, we're helping our souls to connect with what's going on. So I think those are great practices. Again, talking with Father Scott Bailey about how we overcome those distractions when we're in that time of prayer and what has helped you. Maybe you have uh, you know, something that's really helped you, just like Fred was sharing in his life. Or maybe it's a real struggle for you and you would like some, uh, <laughs> some advice. How can I get past these certain areas or you know, I, I have a hard time finding just that alone, silent time. My life is so busy. You're welcome to call in and talk with Father Scott, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Uh, you know, Father, one of the other things that stood out in what Fred was saying, to me at least, is that it was, he, he used the phrase over time. You know, it wasn't something that immediately all distractions were gone, but that as he started doing this more and more over time, he would find himself uh, more quickly being able to identify when he was getting distracted, and it would help him come back and focus again. And I think that's a really good point, too, there. You know, sometimes we want something to happen immediately, and we want all of the problems or all of the issues to be fixed. And the fact that, well, this probably is going to take a little bit of practice and perseverance, and it might get better as you go along, but it might be tough at first. That, that's important to acknowledge here, too. Yeah, no, and with practice, it becomes easier, and with practice, we just become more attentive to what's actually happening in our heart. So I even you could even think of prayer as maybe that moment when the prodigal son is being embraced by the father. Like, really, prayer is that encounter, the the, the embrace with the father. Um, and and uh, Henry Nouwen has a has a book on the prodigal son, and he he has a question in there. He says, you know, what is that moment of... of Breaking the embrace. How often do we break the embrace of the Father in prayer um, because we choose to walk away or whatever, or we choose something else? Um, if we can get in the habit of just noticing, when is it that I break the relationship? Not in, in a sinful way, just like, when do I allow my attention to go elsewhere? And I think the more that we practice some of these disciplines, um, the the quicker we're going to catch ourselves in that distraction, and we won't find ourselves ten minutes down the road of thinking about the movie we watched last night. Uh, we'll we'll be catching ourselves like, oh, okay, I, good, I caught that one within a few within a couple of minutes, and the next time we we'll catch it within thirty seconds. And uh, I think that we just become more and more attentive to when it is that we somehow step out of the embrace uh, in prayer. So yeah, the, but it it develops over time. That's just how virtues work. Uh, one other thing that might be good to look at here, too, is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about when we encounter distractions in prayer. And this, uh, specifically looking at paragraph 2729, it says that when we are distracted, all that's necessary is to turn back our heart to God. And then it continues to explain that distractions are really revealing to us where we have attachments. You, you kind of mentioned this briefly uh, earlier in the hour, that when those moments come up, we're just saying, well, we find something else more interesting than the time we're spending with God in that moment. Um, you know, so then it's just a matter of choosing God over that attachment, that thing that we find interesting. 
And that sounds easy enough in theory, but then in practice, letting go of certain attachments can be very difficult. Um, I mean, if if we could overcome all our attachments and be perfectly focused in prayer, you and I wouldn't even need to have this conversation. So uh, any advice, once we realize, once we identify that certain attachment that can be that distraction, especially maybe if it's a recurring distraction in our times of prayer, I guess first, how can we, and maybe this goes back to that kind of exercising that muscle, the the practice of it, but quickly choosing God over that attachment in prayer. But then also, um, how can we work to lessen our attachments overall? Well, I think that part of it is just talking with God about it. So if if we notice in that, you know, uh, let's say this week, every time I go to prayer, all I can think about is, I don't know, this this person at work that's driving me crazy or something like that. If that's what's on my mind, then I obviously have some attachment to this thing that I need to work through. Maybe there's something, whatever. Uh, then let's bring it into dialogue with the Lord rather than just treat it like it's this distraction um, that's going to take me away from prayer. Like, okay, this is obviously important to me. I'm going to bring this into relationship with God. So it's not this thing outside of my relationship with God. It's right there in the middle of us now. And I'm going to talk with Jesus about this thing that's clearly important to my heart right now. Um, and we might find that just by bringing it into relationship with God that he just you know, dismisses certain things in our life. Like if we're thinking about the movie we watched last night and I decide to talk with God about that distraction, we might find it just goes away because once I bring it into relationship with God, if he doesn't want it there, he's going to help get rid of it. Um, He sometimes allows us to experience distractions in prayer um, because it's good for our virtue. It it brings us to holiness when I have to keep choosing him over and over again. If I get distracted 10 times in my 20 minutes of prayer, then that means 10 times I had to choose Jesus again. And he probably loves that I have to choose him 10 times. Mm, Um, And so sometimes he allows distractions, but if it's really something he doesn't want us to have, then great. Uh, Let's bring it into dialogue with him. He'll get rid of it if he really doesn't want it there. But maybe he does want, he wants to talk with me about that person at work who's driving me crazy. Um, And so maybe that does become the content of our prayer at a certain point. So I think just bring it in dialogue with Lord rather than thinking it's an outside thing, just like with Peter walking on the water. Maybe if he had kept his attention on the Lord and just started talking with Jesus about the storm and the wind and all that that was was scaring him, we would have had a different story maybe. (laughs) But instead, he actually took his eyes off of the Lord to look at the storm. So same thing with all these other distractions. Don't take your eyes off of the Lord to look at those distractions. Talk to the Lord about them. Keep your eyes on Him while engaging, you know, Him about those distractions. Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, Father Scott Bailey is our spiritual director here on the Inner Life, and we're welcoming your phone call at eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. What has helped you in overcoming those distractions? Staying focused when you're in that time of prayer. Maybe it's something that you haven't been able to overcome. Maybe those distractions seem to keep getting the better of you. And you'd like to talk with Father Scott, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Back in just a moment with more uh, here on The Inner Life. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, flexible premium life insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to RelevantRadio.com slash Forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states.
distracted in those times when you're praying. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome back to The Inner Life. That's what we're talking about today here on the program. And if you joined us just a little late into the hour and you'd like to go back and hear the entire broadcast, of course, the podcast will be posted shortly after we're off the air here. You'll be able to find that on our website, relevantradio.com, or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. Uh, Also want to welcome new listeners. Uh, Relevant Radio is now broadcasting on a station in Seattle, Washington, Relevant Radio 1598. And if you have family or friends that live out in the Seattle area, well, make sure to tell them, hey, tune in to Relevant Radio. And uh, again, if you're listening out there, welcome. Glad to have you as part of the Relevant Radio family. Today, we're talking with Father Scott Bailey and our phone number to call in and join the program, 888-914-9149. If you deal with those distractions in your prayer life and you've uh, been trying to overcome those, haven't had much success, you're welcome to... To talk with Father Scott. We'd also love to hear your story of what has helped you in overcoming those distractions of being able to stay focused when you are praying. Again, the phone number 888-914-9149. Father Phyllis called in from New Mexico, wasn't able to hold, but she said, any advice for when you're deep in meditation, you're praying, and then you end up getting distracted by someone coming up and talking to you. How do I deal with that frustration? (laughs) Well, it can be frustrating. I would say in general, charity always prevails. So if some duty, you know, demands that you actually, you know, in love respond to somebody or or something like that, then yeah, you have to do that. Parents have to deal with that all the time, I'm sure. Uh, You know, you try to take that quiet time in prayer and suddenly the kids are up and the kids need something. Okay, that's just how it's going to be. Um, That's just part of uh, um, just being loving towards the other person. Now, if... I, th- I think a possibility, a, th- a thing a person could do is just decide, well, if I get distracted, I'm going to add a little extra prayer later in the day. I think that's a fair thing to do uh, if you're if you're wanting to make sure that you still uh, give your soul the time that it needs to be with God. But if not, I, th- I do think it's okay. Like, God maybe allowed this thing to happen in your life in that moment. That someone came and talked to you and needed something from you. Now, if it was just chit-chat, okay, then you do what you can to <laughs> end the conversation uh, quickly. Like, well, I need to get back to prayer. Okay, just let it be. But if they really were in need of something, then yeah, you choose love. You choose to to help that person in that moment and with whatever they need, and then you get back to prayer when you can. Well, and I think just being honest with the person too, you know what, can we talk about this in a little bit because I'm actually praying right now. That that just being honest, most of the time people will be respectful of that and they'll they'll recognize that, oh, I interrupted something that was happening here. The other thing, if there's a frustration if you're frustrated with somebody, pray for them. That'll that'll help you to want the best for them, right. to love them. You know that charity first that you were talking about there, Father. Uh, but I, you know, another thing that this kind of brings to my mind is that sometimes we pray on our own. That's a lot of what we've been talking about here. But there are times where we pray in a group. You know, when you're on your own, it's your it's typically your mind that is the main thing that's going to cause distractions. When you're praying with a group of people, then there's this possibility that another person can be a distraction for you. Maybe they're fidgety. Maybe, you know, the way that they're doing something in that group, it, it's just distracting you. Any recommendations on how to try and limit distractions when you are in that group, when you are praying with others? Sure, yeah. Um, I remember... Um, praying in a chapel uh, regularly years ago, and there was a older gentleman that would sit, he would come and sit in the pew right in front of me, 
and then he would whisper his entire rosary. <laughs> it drove me nuts. Uh, I was so accustomed to my quiet, perfect quiet time, so I learned to just bring earplugs with me. <laughs> that made a huge difference. Uh, it blocked out all sound for the most part, uh, and then he could sit right there. didn't bug me one bit. Um, and uh, So, yeah, I think we just maybe have to get a little creative with that sometimes of uh, – um, just allowing that those that those things are going to happen. So we we make the changes for ourselves, like putting in earplugs, or uh, I don't know if someone you know, changes the brightness of a light in the room or something, or that's distracting. Then okay, you bring something to cover your eyes or something. Um, you might have to get a little creative with some of those things. I think talking with God about this person that's really irritating you, praying for them. Maybe their needs are greater than yours in this moment, and maybe they could use some prayers for something. Um, sure. Asking God for patience. Uh, those are. Just the number of things that's, that's going to be the reality, especially in parish adoration chapels. That door is going to be swinging every couple of minutes, maybe, depending on the, the parish. could be someone else coming in every every now and then or stepping out to use the restroom or clearing their throat or sneezing today. And um, that's in, in some ways, you could just pray with the beauty that God gives you a community to pray with. Um, just be grateful for that fact, that it's not just you and the Lord, that the Lord has drawn you together with a, a broader community and uh, to have some appreciation for for these people and it might be things that you do irritate them too you have no idea oh, that's right uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know there's also then i think somewhat related to this the issue of when you're trying to lead others in praying uh, you would know this especially as a priest but i'm just thinking of times in our home of family prayer, especially with our younger kids. You know, my wife and I were actively trying to help them to be focused as we pray together, mm-hmm. but that means that in helping to lead our children, my wife and I won't necessarily experience the same sort of time in prayer that we would if we were just praying alone as a couple or praying with maybe some other adults. But I also yeah. see this as a necessary kind of sacrifice in the role of vocation of husband and father. I'm sure you, you know, it's the same for you as a priest when you say Mass, when, when uh, you celebrate Mass, uh, because I know I'm going to have to rely more on my private prayer time for that kind of deeper experience, that entering mm-hmm. into, into, into that, that heart-to-heart communication, that, that relationship that we talked about earlier in the hour. And I just kind of have to be at peace that, okay, at this stage in life, I'm helping my kids and praying together, even if I'm not able to enter into that conversation as much as I'd like to. You know, uh, and and being at yeah. peace, I think, does help a lot. Recognizing where our role is at different points in our life, at different stages. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that um, parents have to accept the fact that this is this is God's will for them, and there's a beauty in that, and there's a holiness in that. The holiest thing you can do in any moment is whatever God has planned for you in that moment. And if that means helping kids who get easily distracted and can't sit still and all that stuff, helping them to pray, then that is the holiest thing you can do. That's that's better than, I don't know, not teaching them to pray, but going and have having great, beautiful prayer time by yourself in your room. Um, that might actually be the better thing in the moment, is, is to kind of deal with those distractions and those realities for your prayer or praying with family. Um, but I also, usually, uh, for families, uh, the kids are only in the house for a season of your life. Um, there'll probably be a point, you know, many years down the road where kids are out of the house and they're raising their own kids and all that. And you'll, God will give you the time and the space 
when you're retired and the kids are out of the house probably, where you'll have a little more time for the kind of prayer that you're wanting to do, or you hope that God gives you the chance to do. Um, and it also comes down to maybe some little that, that little creative time. You know, parents who are you know still having kids waking up in the middle of the night that need to be fed. Okay, then while you're rocking that little one to sleep uh, with the bottle in their mouth, and uh, maybe or, or you're just trying to get them settled again, then you're just rocking in that chair and you're you're allowing that to be some of your prayer time. Um, or uh, you take that take a couple extra minutes in the shower because that's the only alone time you had today and uh, enjoy those couple of minutes for prayer. So it may not be, you know, the the long periods of time that you would have liked and exactly the place that you would like to pray in. But those are the circumstances that God has put you in for the time being, and that's the holiest thing you can yeah. choose to do. Uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. Miriam is listening to us in Wisconsin. Miriam, uh, getting really close to the end of the hour, but wanted to get you on before we wrap up today. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you very much. You already gave me um, a segue. <laughs> um, you just hit the topic. I really have some experience with, well, let's say your, um, your wife or husband is in the car and the children are there, and I say, let's just, let's just start praying. And, okay, your spouse is really irritated and says, oh, we got to take time to prepare and get in the presence of the Lord. But I say, well, why? We're already here. <laughs> so um, so you got to be sensitive to the other person or how that is. I mean, I hear like Father Rick Simon, he's talking to somebody with a great deal of need and something, and he says, well, let's pray right now. And it's like, well, some people that's going to really bug. bug. <laughs> so um, I, so you got to be sensitive there. And I actually, like throughout the day, well, I see this beautiful outdoor something, and I say, Lord, you know, how great thou art. You know, I see all these things, and I can do that with other people or pray for me. I'm at, you know, greeting somebody at Walmart and just say, all right, let's, let's pray, you know, about that. Not a problem. Jesus is always with us. Let's just get into it. That is a little different than prepared, like getting prepared to be at Mass. Well, with the sure. kids and everything like that, well, that's just part of prayer. And but you can you can get some preparing for that. You can read the you know a day ahead. You can read what the readings are, but that's very yeah, different. Miriam, I, I really appreciate your comments here too because and, and we're just getting really short on time, so I want to let Father Scott respond. But uh, uh, you know, just acknowledging that there are times where we can prepare, but in the moment, uh, not not letting those moments slip by. Being able to just simply <laughs> pray. In the moment, that's such a great uh, uh, point that Miriam makes there, Father. Absolutely, I completely agree. And she even pointed out maybe the challenge sometimes of praying with finding those ways of praying with others. Um, I, sometimes that's part part of the work of doing that is figuring out what works for the both of you. So maybe spouses who like yeah. to pray in different ways, it's important for them to to find what is one common way that they both enjoy. It may not be the top pick for either of them, but it's something that they they both appreciate. It's a way to pray together, uh, and it can be fruitful for both of them. Father Scott Bailey, thanks for being with us here for the hour. Before we wrap up, can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? We've got about uh, 20 seconds here. Yeah, may Almighty God bless you all and draw you close to the Sacred Heart. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. 
Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father Scott. And thank you for listening. I want to say a big thank you to Patrick Alog, Cyrus Simcoe, and Sarah Tafoya for helping to produce the program. Of course, the podcast I mentioned, that'll be posted here in just a little bit at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Make sure you stay tuned. Mass is starting here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. Have a blessed rest of your day.